Um, I need to pull up my notes here because I actually do have Whoa. a couple notes this time. You took notes? Couple. <laughs> wow. I am I am so proud of you, Dan. So we are here today. We haven't talked to each other about this movie per normal. We we watched it separately and we're doing our big Avengers Infinity War episode. Yes. Everybody on the internet has been completely silent about this. Until now. We're we're the first to break the silence. Right, right. Probably a week and a half after the movie came out. So that's that's how this works. I guess we should start off with like initial impressions like we do normally. And uh, I'll let you go first. Well, I really want to hear your opinions on this, Dan, because I'm a little I'm a little concerned. Okay, so I really enjoyed this movie personally. <sighs> that is a very big relief. I'm glad I'm glad that's your response as well because I didn't want to go into bickering about things. Well, because my reaction was not very positive at all. And Oh really? I've I've told you before that I I think there's enough podcasts out there that just rake movies that they don't like over the coals unfairly. And I really didn't want this to become that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad that we're going to have a counterbalance to my probably uh annoying nitpicking because this movie did not really work for me. Well, I was going to say I have some nitpicks as well, but um, I also have a little bit of comparison stuff to the comic book that I think the movie did better. Okay. That I'd like to discuss. And there's still some lingering questions that I have. Right, right. Um, so there's actually a couple nitpicks you're going to bring up that I'm going to completely agree with you on. Yeah. No, this is good because I want to be convinced that this movie is better than I felt like it was. And unlike normal, I have consumed a large amount of uh, podcast and reading material on this movie after seeing it. Okay. And talk to lots of friends to try and change my perspective. And, and I, it has a little bit. So I'm definitely a little softer on it than I was at first. But yeah. So... Here's my thing. I have some nitpicks that we'll get into about the rules of the gauntlet device. And like, it's sort of things like, well, why didn't he just do X, Y, Z type of thing? Oh, sure. Yeah. And those are sort of my sort of issues. But uh, I'll say like my overall impression was essentially that I kind of went into this apathetic. Like, if you recall when we were recording our last episode, like the night before I saw it, I was like, well, I'm sure it's probably fine because, you know, it's it's the Avengers movie. It's what they've been building up to. So it's got to be at least mildly, you know, entertaining. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, it's, but I went in sort of apathetic, like expecting to enjoy it. Um, I will say that there was just a certain point in the movie where um, this doesn't fix the problems that I have with it, but it did overwhelm them in a like. There was many moments where after they had sort of established that it's very possible any character is fair game to be just taken off the board. Um, there was so many moments in it, especially within it, when you have a packed interactive theater that over exaggerates everything and, and like an opening weekend way. Like there were so many moments in it where you were just kind of like, like, you know, someone gets stabbed and you're just like, was that it? And then, then there's like that three seconds, and then you realize, oh, thank God. And okay, there was lots of things like that. So this this immediately dovetails into one of my biggest issues with this movie, which is, Go ahead. did any of those deaths really feel like they were deaths? Like you said very quickly, they put everything on the table. But like, do you believe Loki's really dead? Do you believe Gamora's really dead? Do you believe clearly that any of those people at the end are really dead? Like, 
none of the deaths felt real, both like because it's a comic book movie, you know, in that way, but also like the way they were treated. Like Loki's death was very like low key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, that was not on purpose. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> like it didn't feel like he's been in so many movies for such a long time. And we basically got quick death of him trying to stab uh, Thanos, which doesn't feel in character for him at all. Mm-hmm. And then Thor kind of being like, no, but not, it, it didn't feel like they didn't let the camera linger. You know, I don't want to spoil a, a large movie from this winter, but there was a time when a character dies and like, there's a shot where you, you kind of let the camera sit and you go, no, no, this person's dead. And especially in a big comic book movie like this, Mm -hmm. you have to like establish that a person's really dead and none of the deaths other than, uh, what's Thor's big light person friend. Oh, uh, uh, Idris Elba, whatever his name is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, Heimdall or whatever his name is. Yeah. Yeah. The gate. That guy's dead. But like Loki doesn't really feel dead. Gamora definitely doesn't feel dead. And then we can talk about the, the smoke disappearing left behind moment, uh, at the end, but none of those people are dead. So by my count, it was like, uh, okay, so there's two separate things. And this was part of the thing that I'm not sure about, but it is a question that I have. So there were four deaths that I counted that were separate from the infinity gauntlet. Um, Mm -hmm. There was Heimdall, Loki, Gamora, and one other one. I'm trying to think of who it was. I don't remember. Shoot. I don't remember. Um, But Oh, vision. Oh, right, right. Yeah. But you know, good riddance. Yeah. So, (laughs) okay. Well, I'm already being mean. I'm sorry. My thing is, is that there seems to be of those two different categories, how I categorize them. My question is, are the deaths that are separate from the gauntlet irreversible? Because the way they treat the gauntlet, which granted, this is one of my nitpicks. Like, like it's one of these things where like they made it they lay they established the rules well enough but they didn't really say anything about it it's kind of like the last jedi like light speed maneuver thing where um there's there's plenty of logical reasonings for it it's like you said in that episode of our star wars one you're like i just wish they would have mentioned a line as to why so i kind of feel that way with this where it's like i feel like they treated the gauntlet in this movie like a device like an actual device so they made they made a big deal out of like well if we cover it up that's a way where he can't temporarily use it or if we make a big like explosion he has to be able to see us to aim it at us and do something it's not like just i'm a god and i can think things and they happen which was Uh. which it was like that in the comic book which frustrated me i actually think they did us a better service of translating it to the movie because in the comic book he does snap his fingers and half of the universe disappears but there's no good reason behind it like his reasoning is he's trying to court death which is literally like a personified death woman yeah yeah isn't it a uh, 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 Thor's sister? No, no, oh, not related. Okay. But I've gotten the impression that that was the case. Uh, but but he says like I like he's just trying to impress her. So he says, oh, "Hey, you know what? I'll impress you, and you'll love me if I just destroy half the universe." And you're just kind of left like, why not the whole universe so that these people that are now fighting you can't fight you? And that was sort of the feeling you get in that. So they they did their best to come up with a not completely rational but a more rational motivation behind why he's doing it it's more like population control yeah i actually thought the the development of thanos i mean let's be honest this movie was should have been titled 
Thanos. Yeah. Right? This was Thanos's movie. It gave him a backstory. He was the only character in the whole movie that was developed. Which I was so I happy thought, about. I thought he was actually pretty good. Like, yeah, because I expected him to be a cartoon character, like just pure evil. And Yeah, he was definitely better than I was anticipating. Yeah. I thought he was going to be kind of a CGI mess. Yeah. And he felt very... Like, obviously, he was CGI, but he felt very physical and there. Mm-hmm. And especially that opening with uh, uh, Hulk, which was a great moment anyway, when yeah. Loki was like, we have the Hulk. And they, yeah, they immediately established this is a whole different player. Yeah. And I thought that was really great. I really, yeah. really did like uh, how they established him as a fighter. Right. Where he's sort of like he's really strong and fast, but like he doesn't need to put a lot of effort into anything he does right yeah i i thought you know he was great as a uh you know fighting character and then also his motivations as a villain i mean he wasn't at the top of the marvel villains and he certainly wasn't at the bottom because most of them are not very great no i i would say like if you have the top three or four because there's really only three or four that are actually good villains in the marvel universe um, he's up there, but he might be like the last one in the actual yeah, good villains yep, list. I agree. Because yeah. he doesn't have the same like good motivations that like Killmonger had in Black Panther or right. uh, uh, what's his name in uh, Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, yeah. Those guys, like their motivations felt very like sincere you know mm-hmm. i mean it's still a marvel movie but well i actually I, I'm, we disagree on this and we did in homecoming as well i would put thanos ahead of of michael keaton oh i definitely it, wouldn't do that but i, I, wait, I would so like you, you think thanos's plan made more sense than killmonger's no i'm just saying as like an oh, overall character villain i liked him better just like as a character in the movie okay than, I, I can yeah. i can like understand that so yeah i i thought like the way that they dealt with thanos was surprisingly good which i mean makes sense once you look at the way they treated the movie which was like instead of attempting to do anything with any of the superheroes they made the movie about the villain and since this is part one which we can talk about in a second that like made a lot of sense because now they've done that he can just be the villain in the finale and they can kind of focus on the actual characters themselves or the superheroes themselves maybe right but um, yeah, I I thought that was good. I did think his overall plan was problematic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was like it was silly, but it was silly in a way that like eighteen or like nineteenth century, early twentieth century like dictators logic right seemed to work sometimes. Like it 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 it, it was like silly like. Really killing half of the population isn't better than using your superpower glove to, you know, feed everybody or something like that. Yeah. But like it was close enough to the way some crazy dictators are that I was kind of like, okay, I can just accept yeah, w- that. within the comic book world that Marvel's established is fine. Right. And yeah. and like, you know, the way he sort of I know this is like a trope of uh villains, but like especially that moment when, you know, you thought he was killing Iron Man and he's kind of like you've done really well. I hope that they honor you. Yeah. You know, and it like there was a lot of moments where it's like, he seemed like through his craziness, he genuinely did like think he was helping people or at least had tricked himself into thinking he was helping people. Yeah. It, it wasn't like pure evil. He was like, 
like to me, it reminds me of a lot of TV shows where like they have a character that's like, you know, I'm just doing what has to be done in order for whatever to survive or to press yeah, forward. Yeah. Like it's a common like in modern day, like more grime or, or grittier shows. Like it's a common thing that's brought up like, well, you might think I'm cold and calculating, but it's the calculating part that actually is, you know. That's mainly what they're trying to emphasize. And that that's kind right. of... And he wasn't ever painted as, like, a super genius villain. Right. If that makes sense. So it's okay that his logic is flawed, at least to me. Now, I, before we move too far, though, I did want to get back to the deaths piece. So to kind of uh, address that concern, I will say, like, I agree with you that, like... Um, well, let me back up. The, here's what I think they'll do. Um, I do think... At least all the deaths with the done with the Infinity Gauntlet at the end where everybody turns into ash. I think that's pretty clear that's going to be reversed. Like, like the, yeah. the next movie I mean, will be the quest to reverse it. And right. that'll be... Nobody's, nobody's that. Right, right. And especially because it was conveniently all the new established characters that they just created movies for that are the next generation. Yeah, it <laughs> was almost enough of a clear separation that I think... And maybe this is what you're going to say, but I almost think that the ones that didn't die are actually the ones that are dead. Like, are we in like some multiverse situation where he actually split it in half and now oh, like I don't think all that. the other people are in one universe? Oh, and- no, no, no. I, I think they're gone. I, I think I think, though, the next goal will be. Um, because one thing I wasn't sure, because you never know how this is going to translate from the comic book to the movie, but, um, it looked like in the movie, his gauntlet was like burnt out after he did that. Yeah. It was like he used it up. Yeah. Okay. So that was I would kind have, of what I thought too. So they've teased this, but I'm not sure if it's actually going to make it into the movie universe. There's a couple of strands that I want to get to in a moment. Um, but, but I will say this, my initial, my initial thought is they will reverse these deaths. These deaths aren't paid, but I will say what will make me mad, even though I think that's a given is there needs to be some sort of stakes. Yeah. It never, this whole movie never felt like there was real stakes to me. See, I, I thought there was, but the difference is, is like, I will be okay if they reverse it so long as it's not like, I, I don't want to be grim and be like, I want so-and-so to die. Cause I really don't want any of the characters to die, but I want, well, except for, uh, the winter soldier, yeah, Bucky. Um, we all want, but like whenever Bucky dissolved, that's the first time I clapped. The only time I clapped in the movie. I literally have in my notes all kinds of insults for Bucky. Um, yeah, like I was so <laughs> I was so happy. I like I leaned over to my sister and I was like, oh, my gosh, like I thought I was going to not like this movie. And I can't believe like we have been relieved of dealing with Bucky. Like he's not going to be this thing anymore. And then we saw like Spider-Man die or Black Panther die. And it's like, uh OK, None of this is if, real. If I was if I was Thanos with an infinity gauntlet in a room with Bucky, Hitler and Stalin and and I could only do and I could only snap once, I would I would kill Bucky every time. I don't know if that worked, but you know, that it was I would funny. just kill him. I, I was trying to decide if I <laughs> I was internally deciding if that needs to be cut or not. I think it does. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, um yeah. <laughs> but but no, I'll say this though like uh, to me that doesn't bother me so long as in part 2 because in the long run um these will be played as one continuous story. Wait, so I'm sorry. We, uh, I, 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 I'm saying, I'm saying, I do not mind if they reverse the Infinity Gauntlet deaths, so long as there's some sort of stakes and a major player or two dies in part two. 
Like I could totally see. Yeah, they got to get those contracts off the books. Well, sure, sure, and and that that's part of it. But I also think like in order for any of it to have any weight, it can't just be all reversed and everything's fine. And that's part of why this movie didn't land for me was because it never felt like there were stakes. But but I do feel like the ones that weren't killed by the Infinity Gauntlet might actually be dead. Because for instance, uh, they. But that's the thing; they might actually be dead like but did you feel that during the movie and maybe you did yeah so like you thought you think that gamora is actually dead i actually think so because why wouldn't he have just brought her back to life if he can do that uh, well i don't think it's a logical thing on his part i think he thinks she's dead well, well what i'm saying though is if the infinity gauntlet has the ability to just bring her back from the dead why didn't it why why didn't he do that if he can do that that that's why I distinguish the deaths that were natural deaths from the Infinity Gauntlet deaths because I think they might be able to make some sort of logical connection to something done with the Infinity Gauntlet can be undone with the Infinity Gauntlet. But well, I'm not even saying that. I'm saying like like Loki mm-hmm. had his like head sort of crushed, but like mm-hmm. we've seen him die worse ways than that plenty of times, and then the ship blew up, but like Thor survived that just fine without any problems at all, apparently. Yeah. And then Gamora falls down a pit and she's like, was the sacrifice for the soul thing, but like, right. easily you could see like, oh, well, we can, she's stuck in the soul underworld and she needs to be, because they never showed her like dead. Right, and who were the other two? Uh, uh, Vision and who? Vision is probably dead. Oh, and Heimdall. Uh, yeah, Heimdall's definitely maybe dead too. Yeah, yeah. And he, I mean, he didn't feel like a real death. I mean, I know he is a real character, but like, yeah, it wasn't like he was a, yeah, it wasn't like a big, but yeah. Right. And like, I expected Loki to die and that made sense. But the way he died was so like sort of nonchalant and not Mm -hmm. like, um, again, it's like it, I never once believed that that was actually it because it didn't give it enough weight. Now, let me give you a counter to the perspective that you're giving. Um, so you personally don't feel like there was stakes because you said there's there's an uncertainty. But like my my thing is, is like it seemed like most people that saw this movie, they're like they're very vaguely aware, especially if they talk about it for about five, ten minutes after the movie, that these deaths will probably be reversed. But in the in the moment and you are an exception to the rule that I've seen just anecdotally, like. Most people did feel like, what the hell is going to happen? Like, they don't know what's what's true or not. And it's one of those deals where, as an entertainment piece, it it did the whole thing where it fooled them in the moment. Like, even if they think about it after the fact, they're like, yeah, I guess they will probably come back. It's one of the... It, it's kind of like in Game of Thrones, there was like a big character that died that everybody was certain was going to come back. And um, there was like all this speculation where it's like, well, this will probably happen. And, and it was like this thing where like most people are certain that this is going to happen. But... Um, you know, they had to wait a while before they got any sort of resolution to that one way or another. And that is sort of like what's going on here. I I mean, I guess nobody I have talked to has thought that everybody immediately when they saw Spider-Man or Black Panther, I don't remember which one died first. Mm -hmm. Immediately when they saw that, they're like, oh, okay. I'm talking to kill all the guardians and Black Panther and Spider-Man like that is just silly i know that but i'm saying like i i do think many people are really genuinely wondering if gamora and loki are dead specifically oh yeah and and they they might be but like i never especially because of the nature of the gauntlet like 
the moment we saw uh, Gamora like stab Thanos and there was that big moment and you're kind of right. like, this feels off. And then it's like, oh, so everything yeah. that we see could be fake now. Right. And then he also has the ability to turn back time whenever he wants. It's like, well, nothing feels like at any any moment, anything could possibly happen and they could get a hold of the time thing again. Right. And turn back time. So like. The only way for the film to make me, at least, maybe this is not the case for other people, but the only way for the film to make me feel like somebody's actually dead or like the stakes really have amped up is if the film telegraphs that very clearly Mm -hmm. by, you know, showing you something and somebody saying like, no, you don't understand. There is nothing we can do to get this person back. Like, you have to say that. And I think Thor did have a line at one point where he's like, Loki's died many times before, but this yeah. time feels different. And so, but that was like late enough in the movie that it was kind of like that emotional hit should have already happened. Right. And, and again, you know, this is, this is my subjective experience of it. And maybe most people didn't feel this, but it does seem to be a thing that a lot of people, even people that really liked the movie, they felt the same way as me. A lot of the people, they just enjoy the like, Oh, how are they going to get right themselves out of this jam? This is really right. interesting. But like, uh, the none of the emotional hits felt real to me so the the, the piece there where i disagree with you and i'm not saying your subjective opinion and uh, how you experience the movie is wrong i'm just saying like the reason why it worked for me is and you're you may disagree with this like i saw a lot of parallels to like empire strikes back in this that's what a lot of people have said that other than well, it being negative in tone i well also like take the thing with um them you know like certain people being killed or whatever and that whole plot device that felt very much so like the han solo thing like him being frozen in carbonite and you having to wait till the um return of the jedi for him to be saved like that's another thing where it's like true most people assumed well yeah he'll be fine because he's just frozen in this stone thing and they even say he's still alive um but like there is that like thing where it's like, holy crap, like they just took Han Solo off the board. That is a very good point. And and I maybe I'm like frustrated that they didn't feel like real deaths too much that I'm not appreciating the fact that who cares if you don't think they're real? The fun is in thinking about, you know, how are they going to get out of this jam? Yeah. And, th- and that makes sense. And like, yeah. Well, now, now I will say, like, I, I know we kind of diff- different on this a little bit, but I really do. I need someone to die in part two or else it just doesn't feel. I'm No, I'm with you. I thought that that was the if that's when uh, Iron Man would have died whenever he got stabbed. Yeah. Which it felt like that was what was going to happen. It was like, this feels this feels right. Like and like I was starting to get emotional at that point and then they undercut it immediately. But see, I, I, but I guess the difference between you and me is that undercut didn't ruin it for me. It didn't ruin it. It was just almost disappointing. It's not like I want to see him die because he's probably my favorite, but like, but, but that's what I'm saying. I, I didn't, I didn't feel that like, like to me, the fact that they got me to feel the initial emotion that it actually could happen to begin with was what was successful about it. The fact that you were even like, okay, this could be it right here means that they did their job. Like it may not have paid off in that moment and it may pay off two years from now. But to me, it's like there was, so, that's what I'm saying is, is like, we we have different criteria like you look at different things that you judge as successful or not like yeah, to yeah. me if a if a movie can get me to feel that in several times that's why i watch movies and certain tv shows is because i want them because to me like uh, like we've discussed 
ad nauseum how like like that I really like long form television shows and that they like build the things and they're right. more and impactful. This is essentially it, that. Yeah, it's ten form. years of build up to movie form. Yeah, in movie form, it's serialized to these moments where you're like, yeah, this could happen right now, and it right. didn't. But like the fact that it got me to think that for a few seconds, it's kind of like a season finale. Like, yeah, they're not spending the time on character development that was done other times. Right. This is just events happening with yes. characters that you know. But I will say, let's let's set aside like the actual like that piece of it. The story of the movie itself and all the set pieces in different places it takes you. That was one of my favorite parts, because like if you look at this as this was like pure and simple, a comic book event adapted to the big screen and as like a comic book fan personally like that was what is like you had a fantasy plot you had a space opera plot i mean there has been nothing like this before clearly and that is just genuinely impressive yeah there was so much genre mashing into this one thing and it actually worked speaking of genre mashing when they cut from whatever normal scene that we were watching to yeah. space yeah and it just says space and it starts playing like everybody laughed at sort that of retro 80s uh beat yeah everybody cracked up that was amazing yeah yeah i i have to say well i'll let you finish your thought no it like i guess like it's it kind of pulled off what kind of the i would say even on a larger scale but it like um when i think of the last Harry Potter movie, the part two Deathly Hollows. Mm-hmm. Like I remember watching that and there was these moments where like you, it's been two years or a year or whatever until the last movie had come out and you're finally seeing this finale. You're sitting in the theater and it's like, whenever characters are introduced like like professor snape just standing there staring off into the distance it just feel it just felt like it had this moment of build up and wait kind of like a finale like you said and there was like all the introductions in this movie i mean our (laughs) i kind of get annoyed at this stuff but i kind of let it slide like personally for this for this instance just because of the crowd and like um like all the big people when they're introduced like they like uh the captain america they cheered even though he's not my favorite but it's fine like people were so excited about that like like the wakanda stuff when you start hearing the drum beats and it moves to wakanda for the first time like people were like like clapping and excited and everything like every time a new character was introduced that like people knew like like you said when it goes to space as well and you start hearing the song like mm. people were just so excited and you could audibly hear it in the theater and not necessarily in an annoying way because i normally don't like people talking through movies but oh i like it for event movies like yeah, this well, yeah like a situation like that where it's contributing to the energy in the room it's fine so like that that's what it felt like and so like as a movie just the whole thing I was just so excited with and I honestly went in there with apathy and the fact that it like I felt like it got its hooks in me and like somewhere around the time where a little bit after the Guardians show up and you realize like, oh, Thor is going to go off to this like Norse mythology thing where all the weapons are made and Guardians are going to go to this planet. And then then you see Titan and then you see the stuff that's going on Earth and Wakanda. And it's like they are just doing like. They're just like seamlessly putting all these pieces together that they've been building for such a long time. And I felt like this is going to be exaggeration because you weren't as impressed with the movie. But like I felt like it was like like movie history sort of happening, like it was the buildup of this franchise and thing that they pulled off. And I I do not disagree with that because, like I said, this is a first and like 
other than the fact that Marvel can do it, I don't know that anybody's going to get to this point. Like, this might be the only franchise that ever successfully builds a universe like this. Oh, yeah. Like, because, you know, I know everybody's trying to and everybody likes to say this is the age of the universe. There'll be successful connected things, but I don't think it'll ever be on this level. Yeah, but nobody's done anything like this. Right. Not even, like, close. And so... and. Uh, whether that succeeds, whether other people succeed or not, this is something that nobody's going to get to anytime soon. Right. And it's just a like crowning achievement in uh, business <laughs> and storytelling and, you know, cinema all around, I think. Yeah. And it definitely deserves kudos for that. And it is something really special. And like, I also think, and you'll, you'll probably talk about this a lot as we talk, but for comic book fans, this felt like the most comic booky thing I've ever seen yeah. in a movie. Also, look how they, how over 10 years, not only that, but like this movie franchise has just changed how the culture reacts to these silly ideas. Like, if you would have said 10 years ago, we're going to make this movie that's like part space opera, part fantasy quest, part, you know, we have these like grounded heroes that are agents on the ground and they're all going to be fighting this big purple bad guy. And there's a couple blue dudes thrown in. People will be like, I don't know about that. <laughs> like, it's not. I mean, I don't know. Star there, Wars there would be Star comic Trek books and big comic, uh, uh, big uh, cultural icons. I, I think we've gone weird like this before. That's true. But a lot of that, I feel like, has started since comic books movies like spider-man and x-men were first and then harry potter yeah that's true i mean comic books is is entering a long line of fantasy and sci-fi that has broken into mainstream okay i'm I'm not saying they're doing it alone but but i am saying well i guess that's a better way of doing it like yes it's like and and it's not they did it alone because it's certainly star trek harry potter star wars and all that stuff has definitely i'm saying it's been going on for decades okay well maybe i'm wrong yeah, I feel like like <laughs> like it used to be a nerd culture thing that's now become mainstream. I think the comic books. Well, not even that, because I mean, like, you know, Batman and Superman have been huge cultural icons. True. The fact that they did it with the characters that they had is something just unbelievable. Like, honestly, yeah. and yeah, that's, that's just true. a testament to honestly good business sense in giving or or maybe good uh, like casting slash uh, director hiring sense but like yeah they have allowed creative people to take the reins and like create something that is somehow a bunch of extremely unique things that is also very cohesive yeah and it's yeah but like i was listening to a podcast earlier and somebody mentioned something like can you imagine if robert downey jr hadn't been cast for iron man for that first one mm-hmm. and everybody kind of went like we wouldn't have this movie maybe they would have pulled off this whole thing right but yeah. like sam sam rockwell might have been able to pull it off <laughs> maybe in another universe but like robert downey jr plus john favreau kicking off with iron man that literally yeah. set the tone for every single one of these movies right and like guardians took the comedy side farther and you know 
other movies, Captain America and uh, Black Panther have taken the more like serious route, but like, yeah, they have all stayed within this sort of thing that was set with that one movie in 2008. Yeah. And that's like, it's just crazy, honestly. And and honestly, they just took so many risks, which um, I mean, other other comic book company universes are not really I don't feel like they're doing or at least they're taking risks in the wrong direction. But um, yeah, I mean, like. Like, I remember thinking when Guardians came out that that was such a huge, like, change of, of, of. Yeah. And then, like, immediately it became just part of the, part of the language of that universe. Yeah. I remember people talking about, like, oh, that's going to bomb. It's too weird. Like, I, I do remember talking to some people. They're like, yeah, it looks funny, but I don't, I just don't think it's going to do well. Yeah. I, I was, I was, I mean, I wasn't somebody who thought it was going to be bad. I was just like, I'll see it. It looks like a cheap knockoff of like Star Wars or something. Yeah. And it was, there's definitely not that. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so what, what did you want to talk about the movie otherwise specifically? We've kind of brushed and broad strokes and hit on Thanos and a couple characters, but like, um, I don't know if we're going to go through this like chronological plot cause there's so many pieces, but no, here's, here's what I wrote down. Well, I kind of broke mine into complaints and positives cause I wanted to make sure I said positive things. And okay. almost all of my positives, aside from the fact that Thanos was, you know, better than average Marvel villain, right? were like how funny everything was. Like this yeah. movie was hilarious. Yeah. Like you, you speak Groot. Yeah. It was an elective. <laughs> <laughs> like they milked every joke that they could get out of the odd combinations of people that they could. Yeah. And like they had to have pulled in the same writers for some of these different people because... Thor felt like Thor. The Guardians felt like Guardians. Like there was like four or five producers that were all like you, like the different directors of different movies. Yeah, like it was genuinely impressive. The only ones that felt pretty weak in terms of their movies compared to this one were uh, the like Wakanda and the Black Panther. Oh yeah, elements that felt very like it's a setting, but we didn't really get to be with the characters at all. If that makes right. sense. They just yeah. kind of were there. I think probably because the, both the movies were being made at the same time. So there wasn't like a tone of a movie already made that they could pull from. That's very possible. I heard somebody say that they had filmed this one before Black Panther, but that seems crazy. But I'm, I'm not I, sure. I have no idea. But no. So like the thing with with all of the humor and everything, I think it was just they were genius with how they like paired everybody up. Yeah. Like this was like a thousand weird introductions to new characters and i think we could just go through instead of going through all the plot beats let's just go through the different like pairings of people yeah so the first ones was like iron man spider-man and the wizards and the wizards <laughs> and that was which oh, was great so like dude I, and, and the hulk oh yeah well, dude you're embarrassing hulk, me in front of the, the wizards <laughs> the hulk kind of stayed down with the he never hulked troops, out right? the whole movie it, yes. well the very beginning very beginning with thanos i thought that was actually really great the way they did that and i'm like very yeah. interested to see what like what's going on which brings me to one of my first notes maybe it's one of those deals where like i have you know like the memory tricks that we play on ourselves but like i feel like there was a big scene from like the first big trailer that was not in this movie like i specifically remember the battle the Wakanda thing, there was a scene in that where they're all running in a tree line and Hulk is all hulked out and Iron Man is flying with them. And that never took place in this movie. Furthermore, there's like a pop. I mean, Iron Man wasn't even there. Right, right. And so like 
and furthermore, there's also a pop, like, you know, the pop toys, like, um, there's a pop toy that they've just released that is the Hulk buster, um, Iron Man with Hulk busting out of it. And that also never took place in this movie. So I'm wondering like if in reshoots, which are typical, like they kind of change some things around a little bit, uh, because, and if you guys remember the trailer, I mean, I probably should have watched it before this, but I just didn't have time. But if anybody like remembers the trailer and like, no, that didn't happen. You were just remembering it wrong. Let us know. But, um, yeah, I, I feel like I remember like the Hulk in green and like Mm, Iron Man and war machine and everybody in like an action shot, like running in a tree line with the army behind them. Yeah. And who knows? Uh, It easily could have been. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that that was my first thing. But sticking with sticking with the Doctor Strange, Spider Man, uh, Iron Man combo. Yeah, I thought that was that that was probably that may have been my favorite of all the pairings. Yeah, the only thing I wish they would have done a little more of, though I, I realize they're doing so much that they don't have a lot of time, is um, like there's been a lot of uh, comparison before this movie came out that like Doctor Strange and Tony Stark are very egomaniac yeah. and selfish and they had a couple and, moments where they yes were, uh, they did which i appreciate tried to and, out ego each other <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh so that was fun and having spider-man there for levity was great <laughs> well and like i think I, I i must have said this on that spider-man episode we did but like i was annoyed whenever i found out iron man was going to be in spider-man homecoming and that was one of the bigger surprises of all the marvel movies was how much yeah i liked the way they developed those two characters like right that sort of father-son relationship and you know spider-man stowing away on this sort of suicide mission felt like like we really got to see this like other side of tony stark really strongly he was both like funny but in this it was more like stress funny like yeah, when they first yeah. Which, Whenever which, he knighted him an Avenger. <laughs> yeah. Well, also when they meet the, my, my favorite, probably my favorite like comedic beat in the whole movie is um, when they first like meet the Guardians and they're on Titan and they're like trying to come up with a plan for when Thanos comes back. And, uh, <laughs> and he start, and he's like, I have a plan. He starts going through it and he's like, and he looks at Drax and he's like, are you even listening to me? And, and then he's like, no, I stopped listening whenever you start. And then like Mantis <laughs> says like, we, what is it? She's like, she's like, what we take that you guys some kick names and we he take- just stares <laughs> just like, <laughs> It's, for like yeah. a solid like five seconds and it's yeah oh gosh yeah that was amazing just that, looking like what the heck have i gotten myself into yeah it was just perfect but um yeah so i guess we i mean we could talk about that pairing as well like i like that whole meeting they did the standard marvel marvel people fight with yes, each other and, everything with the guardians yeah. was so great <laughs> no i liked all that and their battle with thanos was i thought that was pretty good up until you know the end I was yeah they th- that was the only thing that frustrated that was one of my nitpicks was like it's fine because it's like a trope in movies but also because it's a trope in movies it was sort of frustrating that it's like hey man don't make him upset or you're gonna ruin this thing that we're trying right. to do and he's like oh I'm mad I'm gonna hit you with my gun and break Mantis's like mind control right. over you or something and it's the like exact moment we get the glove off and then like his yeah. finger's gonna catch it yeah right it's kind of like nobody here thinks this is going to work like just just get this whole thing over with but this is an annoying way for this to happen right right i did like that they sort of they did show that he's defeatable though you know what i mean yeah he never felt like the standard cg villain that you there's no way you could possibly beat right even though he also felt incredibly strong like they showed you know with the hulk at the beginning 
Also, uh, I will say one of my other nitpicks with the Thanos thing was um when the guardians first went to nowhere or no here um (laughs) uh to to get the to try and get the time stone before thanos got it like it's a little thing and it just sort of annoyed me to no end and i kept thinking about it the whole time was when it when like gamora attacks him and you find out like oh he tricked him like he he already saw this moment and like just reverse time like um drax and mantis like pop out and he just turns drax into a bunch of pieces and then turns right. but then they're fine afterwards yeah, yeah like like i guess he used the reality stone on them and like that's the thing is there was like i just wanted a line I, I just wanted a line where it's like i can control and do this and you know and maybe like when he walks away then like the effects wear off or something. i don't know like that, that that was the thing where it's like just don't do that like it's your movie don't write that just that don't whole do it scene <laughs> was one funny right i mean it was it was yeah. a good scene and it was like a weird i leaned over to my sister who i was watching it with at, whenever she was stabbing him and i was like holy crap what if he dies what if like right a different villain comes out because they've done that in marvel movies and i was yeah. about to be blown away And then instead it was like, oh, no, nothing is real and this is all fake. And then whenever he like disintegrated those two, those two felt like characters I could see them killing. Yeah. You know, where it was like they could die and it would be hugely emotional. But like I could see them making a Guardians without those two. Right. And then it was like, oh, no, we're just going to like undo that none of that was real everything that you ever see could possibly be fake and at any time thanos could just make everybody see anything that he wants so i don't even know why he ever fights anybody the the only reason i'm okay with it is for two reasons uh one i've seen x-men apocalypse and they they shot themselves in the foot so many times with apocalypse because apocalypse is this mutant that could like do anything and there was so many times where it's like he would they would illustrate that he could do something and then later in the movie suddenly he 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 was brainwashed of the ability to do that power for some reason like right just like why didn't he just sink everybody into the floor if he can apparently do that um and so they at least didn't do that in this movie they didn't like do something uh, quite to that degree like they tried to keep things within reason but that did that did mess with me a little bit but i will say like overall like the reason why i didn't have a problem with little nitpicks like that is because it wasn't one of those situations where it's like he let them live and then they came back and defeated him later like he he accomplished his goal like his goal was to do the thing that he did and he did it and that's how the movie ended so they didn't end up coming back and stopping him in the end um he did what he was trying to do. That's true. So he did that, let that didn't a lot really of people bother live me in the long in run. A scenario where it feels weird, but then like it kind of fits his character enough that I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah, because he wasn't just dispassionately killing everything that moves. It was like, no, I'm just trying to get this goal done because I think it's my destiny and what right. I'm supposed to do. And actually, a thing that annoyed me in the movie the first time that thinking about it now probably doesn't annoy me is that he let Thor and maybe Loki live uh, at the very beginning. I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't he just make sure he's dead? But then like, like he just said, it sort of fits his character of like, my goal isn't to kill everything, right? My goal is to get this infinity gauntlet and this person's not really a threat anymore. And so, yeah, like, like you could almost see it as being like a point, like, like him making a point where it's like, look, this isn't, this isn't what I'm here to do. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, and this is the thing I've been thinking too, and I'm, I'm curious cause you said you've seen it twice, Yeah, but you probably liked it the first time, but I, I am curious to see if I like it more on a second viewing because gotcha. Uh, one of the things that my positive list has been growing as I've been trying to listen to other people talk about it and read some things right. is like, I'm remembering how many funny moments there were in this movie that I liked. Yeah. And like, because I was so frustrated, especially with the ending, I had kind of forgotten a lot of those. And so I'm curious if I see it again, if that'll dramatically change my kind of perspective on it. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I just, I, I understand your point of view, but I actually really like the end. Like one of the terms that was thrown about, um, by Scott Snyder, who's actually a DC, um, comic book writer. Um, he saw it with his kids and he was like, like this was this was we we loved it and this was very like risky ending and risky in the sense oh, i don't okay. think it i agree with it I, I i understand that because um because people were worried that it would just be this massive un well it, i mean it's unresolved but like like this like yeah, uh, say. <laughs> it, it wasn't okay there there was a certain show that they were throwing around that they were saying they were going to do a cliffhanger similar to, and I'm not going to name that show. Uh Um, Uh But, uh, and so a lot of people were worried, including Robert Kirkman, who is a comic book writer underneath uh, a garbage. uh, It wasn't that it was worse. And so like, because the Russo brothers had brought that up and they're like, we kind of like the idea. And like Robert Kirkman literally retweeted that and just said, no, because like, he hated that as well that they did that in the show and so um like there was a lot of people that were worried that it was going to be quite like that and it would just be trolling the viewers and it wasn't that it w- it wasn't it didn't feel like a movie ended halfway through it like like deathly hollows part one i did get that feeling and now okay so you went into this knowing that there was two parts right Kind of like that. That was the thing. I didn't know how it would be because the Russo brothers said that it would be sort of self-contained, but it would still leave with a cliffhanger. Okay. So I thought it was part one and part two. And then when the movie got close and I saw that it was just infinity war, I was like, Oh, did they get rid of doing the two part thing? I was like, Oh, that's kind of a relief because I'm generally not as big of a fan of the like two part finale things. Yeah. And so I, for whatever stupid reason, never realized that, this is actually a two-parter. Oh yeah. And I was like, are they, are they going to do another one after this? Like, is this not actually going to resolve? But it felt like it was culminating to a point where it was going to resolve. And so that may have also played into things. My feelings a little bit is that it did feel like it just kind of, just kind of ended. And I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I'm just being a little grumpy goose. I I liked it. I don't know. Like I, I I can't discredit your your view on it because like it's your view and it's it's sort of subjective. But I don't know. Like I just like I just had the opposite reaction. Like I ended it and I just remember thinking like like I know what happens and I realize that a lot of other people put two and two together and realize with how the infinity gauntlet works that things will be undone but like I said like just 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 I had it's not because of the infinity gauntlet it was just like they're not going to kill those characters like I just know that and then the movie never tried to make a point that they did like like our uh, I'm just saying like my theater had the opposite I'm sure yours did too but they were just like what mine did not like everybody was surprised and and afterwards there was a lot of groaning but I know that that does not fit the norm so I'm not saying it could have just been who happened to be around us you know what I mean 
Yeah. But the groaning for us came from the fact that there wasn't a first round of credits stinger and you had to wait till the very end. Oh, ours was whenever <laughs> at the very end it says Thanos returns. Somebody just goes, ah, Thanos. Like <laughs> it wasn't like a like, oh, he's a baddie. Like, I hate you. It was just kind of like a, uh, I guess I'll go see that one, too, because yeah. that's what we do. <laughs> no, I, I think I think generally people did. Like I said, I, I feel like the well average liked. person I, I, yeah. seems to legitimately be, be shocked, even if it was just temporarily. And now they're already doing the like, well, this could happen. And, and to me, that's like Star Wars. The fun part about it. They're like, and I can well, maybe totally they'll do this. Maybe that. they'll resolve yeah. the problem by doing this. And here's my guess. So I wanted to get into a couple things. We can we can get back to pairings. Oh, well, before we get into all of our guesses, let's go through the characters because that's what. OK. We're... OK. So, yeah. So the next one I have is the Guardians and Thor. Which I guess yeah. <laughs> happened before the Guardians met up with Iron Man. Yeah, that was that was really great, and especially yeah. when they broke off and it was just Thor and Rocket and Groot. Yeah, that combo was perfect. It worked really well. There was yeah. like surprisingly, you know, emotional moments. I guess not surprisingly because Rocket is actually one of the more sympathetic yeah, Thor characters. Did, Thor did good, just even with that little monologue about all his family dying and just being like, and the way I see it, this is just one other big guy that I have to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and then the fact that Groot's uh part Teenager. of his new hammer or well. Axe, oh, right, right. That was that was a really cool moment. Yeah. Like they're just really taking advantage of the fact that hey, we got everybody together, let's create a bunch of props and stuff that in the later movies will be callbacks to this. Right. And I I thought that was really cool. Yeah, again, like the fact that they they were like in this space opera movie, we're going to have this small section where it's still space opera, but it's very like fantasy and Norse mythology just as yeah, a whole like the subplot of the movie. Yeah. And honestly, it was like this movie took the time to do that kind of scene because, right. You know, this movie didn't have a lot of time to spare and they, they had to have like fought to kind of keep that section carved out for yeah a honestly like kind of slow more talking uh part of the movie and i, yeah, and, I, I and, thought it was really good for and i'll it. say like there are certainly s- certain segments of the movie that are weaker than others but overall like i was never um there were no sections of the movie that i would remove or fast forward through if i ever watch this again well we like, can we'll, we'll see where we get okay so but, uh <laughs> so yeah those pairings were fun I I legitimately I mean it's kind of a pairing I'm sure you don't have it on your list but like I actually really like the Gamora Thanos stuff like I went when he throws her off the cliff granted there's still that lingering question of is she still alive or not but like I liked their relationship I didn't find so I liked him I I did like their relationship mostly I did not find his you're the only one I love thing convincing Oh, I did. Like whenever he, you know, like as soon as he's like, only the true one that you love is one that will let you get the stone or whatever. And it was like, okay, so that's why she's here. And this is, he's going to act like all of a sudden it's like, oh, you're really important to me. And I love you so much. Cause like he was more just like disappointed and annoyed at her before. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And he's like willing to torture her sister right in front of her and it never really seemed like he was sacrificing for her ever before to show that he like cared about her i i just i don't agree with that because they they even showed the flashback scene before that i understand that was supposed to be the thing and and you know maybe i'm just a cold-hearted person or something but it was like there was nothing about his behavior that ever told me that he like really cared about her 
Okay. It was she was always just a tool that he used. Just difference in opinion on that then. That's fine. Yeah. I, I wish I would have seen something where he like protected her or they showed that like it would be a sacrifice because he has never shown any reason why it would be hard for him to lose her. Mm-hmm. He's always just like done everything he could to win and was willing to throw any of the bad people at her to catch her or kill her. I think that she was more of a plot device for him to show that he's somewhat sympathetic. But- I, I Right. And it, it just, for whatever reason, it didn't, it didn't really land for me. Okay. Him turning with the tears, it was kind of like, it was so telegraphed that. Oh, see, see, they, they, they got me with the mist and the score and everything. I was like, oh, yeah. this is great. Know, for whatever reason, <laughs> I like mainly because the moment that Red Skull, who appeared out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, can we take a quick sidebar on that? What, what is that? <laughs> I don't know. A lot of people were really excited. There was, there was, that was one of the spots that did get cheering in our theater. That was one of those situations where, like, to me, it felt more like people were like, I recognize that face rather than, does this make any sense? <laughs> I was more like, ooh, it's a ring wraith. And then he took off the thing and it's like, oh, okay. I guess it's the Nazi guy. It's Elrond. <laughs> Wait a second. I'm conflicted. What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> no, All like, of a sudden, I, the Aragon shows I, up. And... Just really quick, I want to think through that. So, my only takeaway was, he said in another life I was so are we dealing with time relativity here and he's or no I guess it was a hundred years ago uh, honestly I don't remember his ending from Red Skull died in the plane or something like that and I guess maybe so he we never really saw him die right so maybe sure he's doing something else now and now he's this wraith off on a random planet in space where I don't know protecting the soul stone yeah that was the only really shoehorned feeling uh cameo yeah was, i didn't is, understand again, that at all because it looked cool feels like the type <laughs> of movie that would have lots of those and that was really the only one and it was fine i didn't it wouldn't didn't make me mad yeah i i loved all the settings like nowhere the the uh the the norse mythology thing that place like everything I really liked Titan. I really liked that planet too, the Soul planet. Oh yeah, that was one of the few times they really threw on the wide angle lens and like gave us some like sweeping shots of the sand dunes with right. the kind of stars. Yeah, that yeah. that was a really cool planet. All right, so next pairing. So, so I guess we're going to the more grounded character. So Captain America and his underground ragamuffins. Yeah, this is where things uh, maybe expectedly, if you know me, kind of take a darker turn. So. Let's start with the first ones we see, which is uh, Paul Bettany and uh, whatever her name is. If Paul Bettany was <laughs> regular Paul Bettany the whole time, like, like he Paul was Bettany. for the first few minutes, like that would have been great. I don't know. I'm Did just you find Vision and uh, what is her name? Uh, well, it's Scarlet Witch, but I forget Scarlet her name. Witch. Yeah. Did you find their like? chemistry at all compelling at all so i the weird thing um i did not whenever they first introduced it in civil war but i actually was okay with it um for me though i think it's partly biased and this isn't fair to put on you um but i've read some comic books in the meantime and the uh vision and her relationship is like a common thread okay in both old and new comics so it's one of those things where it's like oh this is a given plot beat so like it didn't like it wasn't jarring to me because i was like yeah those two are a thing they're an item so i got you and that's fair like you know normally i would push on you know the side material being important but in a comic book uh movie i think that's a big part of it so right i'll let that slide but yeah, for me, it was just like, okay, I really don't find any of them, anything about them compelling at all. So yeah, 
and then we got our silhouette of Captain America, and I was like, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> the, the thing is, is like he's here's the thing though. I agree that like he's annoying, but I realized at one point and I'll tell you when the moment was that like he's annoying in the way that he's supposed to be to me, because in the same way that Tony Stark got irritated with him in Civil War is the same reason I get irritated with him. But that's his character. It's the whole like whenever he says, I feel like they're the opposite. Well, whenever Vision is talking about like, you know, I will just have to kill me to destroy this stone and and then he's and vision says like one person uh can't stand in the way of like whatever everyone and 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 captain america's like well it should and i'm just like i kind of rolled my eyes but was also like yeah i mean that makes sense for his character though i mean that's fine (laughs) it was stupid and it makes him a dumb character yeah but like dumb in the you know that's who uh, he is right and that is okay generally but i'd rather if he's going to be a dumb like patriotic character then he should be a dumb patriotic character but instead he's he's somehow the one that's supposedly fighting against the machine all the time i feel like he wasn't much of a Which, brain in this one i mean he had some lines no, no he was not a brain in this one no i'm I'm saying like there wasn't like hey i'm taking lead on this and we're doing this it was sort of like he's just he's in charge Kinda of this little crew and just along for the ride that's true that's true like when they get to Wakanda, King's in charge. I would also agree he was he did not have much of a brain in this movie. <laughs> and I surprisingly am always uh, Don Cheadle in these movies has grown on me. I didn't care for him in the original Iron Man movies, but like I like all his little side jokes. Like like he's a king, you got to bow. So I don't I don't like Iron uh, War, pay, War Machine, Iron, Iron Machine, Machine War, War, War Machine, Machine, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that, but I love Don Cheadle. And yeah. so this one where a lot of the time he's like, you know, uh, he's got his like broken little leg and he's yeah. talking. It's like, yeah, this is all great. I'm totally fine with that. Unlike Falcon, who he's clunky to the me. other like side character person who I just don't find interesting. He's no. more interesting when he's flying than a uh, war machine, but it's still, but he has like no personality to me at all. Yeah. I agree. And I've liked that actor in other stuff, but yeah, what's his? Is that Anthony Mack? Is that who? I, I don't know of? what his name know. is. Anyways, um, yeah, so that that whole pairing and with Hulk with him and everything was fine. Ant Man absent from this movie and the Wasp. Yeah, uh, that was very sad. Yeah, uh, as is Hawk Hawkeye. They also nah, threw a really line in for that. Hawkeye. Yeah, I could care less. <laughs> um, and so is Valkyrie. She was with Thor and Loki and them, so they're absent as well. Who's Valkyrie? Uh, Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Are we supposed to believe she's just dead with all the other? Uh, she, no, I, I think she's still alive. I think it's something that they'll retcon in a later movie. Like they have a purpose that they're doing something with her in the future from what I read something that I don't even remember where it's from. But gotcha. uh, yeah, so I, I'm assuming they'll explain that Fair at enough. some later time. There just wasn't time to, or relevance to fit it in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. But yeah. Uh, so those characters were absent and then of course you have wakanda when they all hook up with wakanda like everybody kind of converges there except for iron man spider-man and the guardians well even the guardians actually show up and thor so that and the yeah i was about to say and the guard there's the space sort of set of things and the grounded sort of set of things and whenever they first flew into wakanda and the like the drums started coming in, you know? Yeah, when they played the fanfare, I was like, I know Charlie's happy. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is going to happen. And then that fanfare comes in. 
Oh, I got like goosebumps, man. Yeah, that was too. awesome. And then we first see uh, T'Challa just like strolling up with all that yeah. swagger. Um, Ugh. and then he kind of was just really flat the rest of it. Like, yeah, he's there. It, he's it, playing his part. Like it, but I will say what I liked. Part of it is he. It's not a. That's not a funny. Set right. The same way that everything else is, and so it kind of didn't fit into the like beats of this movie as well as kind of everybody else did. What I liked about them utilizing Wakanda was it was like. It allowed them in this movie to do sort of like the standard lineup and battle scene in addition to everything else they yeah. did. And I know that's not everybody's cup of tea, but it is. Oh, I love those moments. And I was really looking forward to it here. I thought it was great. I don't know what your problem was. <laughs> See, the thing is, okay, I'm sorry. Let me complain okay. and then you can tell me all the good things because I have to get this out. My favorite thing about those moments in any of these movies is that they feel mm-hmm. like strategic. You know what I mean? Like you're you're sort of setting up battle arrangements and you want to come up with a strategy right. that works or whatever, right? And everything that they did on both sides just seemed like really, really dumb. Like, so they decide to send all these like war right. dog things in, right? The Chitauri. And it's like, okay, I guess that makes sense. Except for later when they show that they have these like bunker busting rolly things that can just mm-hmm. go right through the, the shields without any problem at all. Like why would they not lead with that? Because I don't think they were, they kind of, I, I, I get that it's silly, but like, it's a common thing that like, well, we don't care about our numbers. Like she even makes the comment about like, well, we have blood to spare. Well, I get it. But like, why would you not? I don't know. It just seemed like dumb. Like you would, I don't know. Anyway, so that like frustrated me on that end. And then the other thing was like, okay, they're surrounding us. We need to like yeah. choke hold them. So let's open up the right. Let's open up the front. But let's not like get ready for the front to be open. Let's just open it and let them flood through while we're all way back here. And then we're just gonna yeah, run towards them run and let scene. them fan out. Even though we have literally flying people who can just like bomb the living crap out of that opening. Wait, no, no, no. Because as soon as they opened the thing, they then turned on their like little shields. I I understand the people yeah. in the line turn on their shields, but they were way they were way back there. And actually, no, they started running towards them. Yeah, because they were uphill. But why would you not? They literally mm-hmm. have artillery. Why would they not just be bombing the heck out of that hole? I think they did as soon as they started coming through the gate. No, they waited a while because I was literally like. This seems so dumb. And then uh, Eagle guy, I forgot his name already. He like flies over and like throws a bunch of bombs in there and kills some. Well, it was it was so that the, the, the superheroes could get some action stuff in first. Really, that's it. I understand. I understand <laughs> that. But like the thing I like about these big lineup battles is that strategy thing. And everything about that scene was like hmm. bad strategically. It just seemed like they didn't. You know, the other Avengers movies, even two, which I didn't like the movie that well, they did really fun stuff with like combining mm-hmm. people's powers and showing them like working with each other and stuff. And I, I don't remember any moments like that in this at all. It was like, we're going to show Captain America punching a guy. Uh, There was with with them trying to get the thing off. There was with with them trying to get the thing off Thanos, but that was a separate scene no no i'm saying in this battle oh gotcha right right yeah in the overall i feel like there was all sorts of cool stuff yeah um no i i I get what you're saying but it feels like something i just wasn't that concerned with i understand your points but i don't know like i i really do think that's overthinking Uh, you're not wrong for looking at that but like i also feel like it's kind of 
par for the course for this type of movie. Yeah, it, it, I, I, I guess maybe. I don't. I mean, there's lots of movies that are great at that. Like Lord of the Rings is great at that. Those types of moments. But yeah. But that was my that was my big problem with that. I did like the the dog orc things, the Chitari. I thought those were like good fodder for those. Those are the same things that were in Avengers, I believe. Right. Those were the things that were. I don't know if they were the same because these ones were like rabid just running through the shield. I I thought that was all fine. Well, speaking of the enemies, like um, you don't have a touchstone to this, but like, what did you think of the children of Thanos? Because like to comic book fans, they're like stepped right off the comic book page and it was pretty impressive visually. Like they're like an entity in in the comic book world, and they kind of just this is just like Thanos's henchmen. Yeah, yeah, the children of well, yeah, I don't know if they're uh, I forget what they're called, something like Black Order, or they might not be his children, but yeah, it's like his his wrecking crew, and they're kind of like known. Like I, I thought they were cool. I mean, they were fine. Yeah, they made for some decent fight scenes. It, nothing about them felt special or memorable to me, but they were like good excuses to see, you know superheroes do superhero things to them right exactly and and that, that that's what i figured I, I it was just like for people that are familiar with the comic books it was just kind of cool because it was like they weren't this big deal but it was like these are these literally looked like like just like they were just ripped off the comic book page and that was what was kind of neat about it yeah, i thought they were fine i had no negative or hyper positive yeah. feeling towards them but you know like i said they were good which a lot of times those types of henchmen can be obnoxious right. and they weren't so that's a positive note i think uh so we've gone through all the pairings unless we miss one what other things did you have because i got a couple things too um i think that's it other than you know i wish we would have seen bucky die for real but yeah <laughs> <laughs> no a solid stake through the heart <laughs> yeah yeah and then somebody looking at the camera and going audience this man is dead. He is never coming back. We literally killed the actor. Yeah, and and I would have been happy if he just if he just looked at the camera and emotionlessly said, "Oh," and then died. That's what he would do. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what he would do. So, one thing that I noticed that I don't know if you caught that never took place in the movie um which was intentional, but um so they are on titan waiting for thanos to come back and they do their whole like attack thing right where like they try to get the glove off of them yeah the mechs oh okay yeah. so after thanos does come back yeah and so okay yeah, and yeah. so while that's happening unexpectedly nebula shows up and like crashes into thanos right in her ship and so now she's there um if you caught right before uh she gets get like like escapes from tight or wherever she was on titan or whatever um she picks up like a receiver and calls somebody and says meet me on titan now and that was never paid off Hmm. no one ever showed up but i noticed that both times i watched the movie and i didn't catch the name so interesting i don't know yeah i didn't pick that up at all yeah i thought that was a cool little easter egg that like a lot of people i didn't i haven't really seen many people talking about that but i definitely caught it the first time i was like who was that and i i I immediately heard and forgot the name the second time but i did notice like both times she picks up the receiver and says meet me on titan and that and no that person never showed up and granted like keep in mind also at the end of this movie that's still where they're all at that's where tony and her are at right so yeah that's where spider-man does his sad little dissolve right. as well as every single guardian yeah. 
So I guess we could give go into our little speculation corner here. My so with the Infinity Gauntlet seeming used, um, my guess is something to do with her calling someone. Now this won't this wouldn't make sense. Like the character I'm about to mention that it's who she called. So I'm curious as to who she called. But um, one of the speculations is is that they're going to introduce a character called Warlock into this universe and um for some reason i'm familiar with this it must be you yeah warlock is an old um he's like essential in the um original infinity gauntlet story like he and silver surfer i believe are like the ones that are like collecting everybody up to let them know of this impending doom of thanos collecting all the stones and then uh dr strange is a big part of that as well and so uh, warlock is someone that people think are are is going to be in the universe somehow it's a little confusing because in certain versions of warlock he's actually like housed inside the soul stone and so like Um, But he's like this like space entity that um, like is able to see things that are going to happen and all this stuff and is just, you know, a powerful uh, unspecified character as to how powerful he is. He's as powerful as they want him to be sort of thing. Um, And but he's a big part of helping them like like rally and defeat Thanos after he makes half the universe disappear. So. While this comic, while this movie doesn't follow the comic book verbatim, they've been hitting certain beats, which is why I at least am, am, am uh, speculating, and I'm sure many other outlets are as well, that Warlock will be some sort of part in part two that'll be the sort of like plot device that's like, hey, you guys look pretty bummed. Guess what? I found out XYZ way that we can overturn this. And then that'll be like the quest of part two is maybe getting the stones for themselves or finding Thanos or something to that effect. If that makes sense, there'll be some sort of um, what's the term for a plot device. That's just like a thing they're trying to get. What is that? Oh, it's um, a MacGuffin. Yeah. Yeah. So like that'll be like the MacGuffin plot line for the second movie to overturn what had happened in the first one, because that is how infinity gauntlet in the skeleton outline of the story goes down in the comic book is that about half about, or or at least pretty early on, he makes half the universe disappears and then the fight ensues from there. And it doesn't, to me, it didn't make a lot of sense in the comic book and it makes more sense in the movie with how they've sort of established things. So that's, that's kind of my info dump on where the next movie could head. Also, I assume our end credit little logo yeah. Captain Marvel is going to be involved as well. Right. right. There was also something that Marvel said that like um a Nova Core movie is not or they said Nova Core as like an entity is not completely out. So when I first saw that logo, well first I groaned and said, That's something Dan's gonna be excited about. Yeah, and it's just Captain Marvel. And my sister asked who who it was, I was like, I think maybe it's Nova Core, but I it obviously wasn't afterwards well, I looked it up. That's what's confusing. So comic book nerds that are more wise than me will be able to correct me on this. But like I knew it was the Captain Marvel thing because of the colors. But um, that also is the Nova Corps sign. And so oh, really, I, Look at me. I think so. Yeah, because that was the first thing I thought until the colors showed up, like the blue and red, because um, it shows the symbol and then it goes blue and red half and half. Uh, but anyways, uh yeah, so all of that to say, yes, you're correct. It's, Maybe she's the head of the Nova Corps. No, no, because you've already seen the Nova Corps oh, okay. in Guardians of the Galaxy. That's uh, what's her face that they that they took the 
power stone that Thanos is just mentioned in a line that he destroyed them and ah took it. Poor John C. Riley. Yeah. So yeah, it's probably got nothing to do with Nova Corps whatsoever. It's clearly um, Captain Marvel. And what's interesting uh, interesting about that is I don't know if you're aware, but uh, Captain Marvel will take place in the nineties before all this. I have I have heard that frequently. Yes. Yeah. So that's kind of fun. Uh, it's weird yeah. thinking of my early childhood as a period piece, but that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. We're we're reaching that point. I'm hoping it brokers in a new age of '90s nostalgia. So, what is the two things? So, so is it just is it just Nova, or I'm sorry, is it just Captain Marvel and Ant Man and the Wasp in between now and Part Two, or is there more? I believe that's it. Yeah, so that kind of fits because they mentioned that Ant Man and Wasp are off doing this other thing in the movie. Oh, they did. They mentioned. Yeah, them? they because remember, oh, like that. Don Cheadle or Don Cheadle's like, there's an Ant Man and a Spider Man, and I yeah, I do remember that, but yeah. I don't remember the. Yeah, that was the line. They say something about like so and so's got him doing such and such. Like they gotcha. yeah, and that's okay. that's why Ant Man was brought up. So they're off doing like this side thing that's either happening concurrently or before this or during you know. Um and then the Captain Marvel movie will take pa- will take place in the past, which she will hopefully kind of be like a female Superman type character. Um, equivalent in the Marvel Universe. The difference with the Marvel Universe and how she's typically treated, at least in the stuff that I've seen, because I'm not super familiar with her, because back in the 70s when Captain Marvel was a thing, it was originally a guy, but in all the more current uh, iterations, she's always been female as far as I've known her. Um, Mm. And so she's used as sort of like she's this like planetary defense thing kind of like green lantern but obviously not like ring based powers and stuff like that but as part of like some sort of like uh planetary defense thing and in the comic book they have like an established like satellite outside earth that they're like the last line of defense between that and earth and obviously that's not the case here um right but uh yeah they're gonna have quite a bit of legwork to do to uh explain why she hasn't shown up yet right because he's been ravaging the whole universe destroying planets so like right and it would and it would make sense that they'll do something about that that like she's been out doing that and i would imagine what you'll see is in this movie it'll be self-contained and then it'll give some sort of reason for like why she's out in the universe somewhere and i think you'll probably see that end of it like i would imagine that would have to be in part two yeah like I can't see that being part of the Captain Marvel movie. I don't. I don't want Which the Captain. Which part you mean? Like the, about like what she's been doing. Like I think it'll be like something like you catch up with her. It'll be like Wonder Woman, where like that whole story took place in World War Two, and then the next time you see her, you catch up with where she's at in modern day. Yeah, I would guess that it's gonna take place in the nineties, and then the end credit sequence will be her modern day in space doing something and, and then receiving disappear. a phone call from or like or re- receiving a page from samuel jackson or like attacking somewhere and like half her crew disappears or something yeah right exactly yeah. um so yeah so that's kind of it, it's interesting because uh, the nice thing about waiting for part two is it doesn't seem like it's going to be as long of a wait only like a like a it's year next year right yeah i hope so i think i think it was 2019 so yeah so that's kind of all of my speculation and Overall, I was really happy with this movie. I, I guess I would reckon. I don't think this has the Star Wars effect, so I don't know if seeing it a second time will ease your problems. But it may because it might be one of those things where it's like all the expectations and criticism of the movie of wondering where is this going will be done and over with after the first viewing. And so, yeah, the main thing is I won't care about the stakes as much. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that was the big that was the big thing was at no point did anything feel like it mattered. Gotcha. But I think I can give up on the overall story or looking for a theme, which there's not really one, and just enjoy all the moments. Mm-hmm. Because I think the moments is where, you know, this movie shines. And the the overall arc is just a strung together uh like plot to give us all those moments. Yeah, and honestly that's what a lot of um, I liked your analogy of like a TV season finale because that really is kind of what these like comic book events are is like you have all these separate comic series running. They'll start teasing something for something bigger that's going to happen. And then boom, like this self-contained title releases once a month. That's like this big event with all of them thrown together to like, uh, you know, meet some threat. And it's always like some universal scale threat and you know, uh, figuring out the pieces and doing the quest to stop whatever's going on. And there's normally a couple different factions doing this thing and that thing. And like, that's sort of like the payoff of a lot of these things. It is completely centered on paying off these emotional beats for the other pieces that came before it. And I think I, a thing I'm realizing is that I, for whatever reason, I'm just not as crazy about those types of the movies like Mm -hmm. the first avengers it's like i enjoyed a lot of the moments in it but overall i remember thinking like it was impressive that that didn't totally fall apart because remember at the time like having these five superheroes all together seems like crazy yeah but it was like it it didn't capture me like i've never gone back and rewatched that one and i don't really necessarily the first avengers yeah oh wow okay and but which you know again i liked it but it wasn't like crazy amazing to me gotcha and i think all of these ones where there's all these characters together and then nobody feels like they get enough development time for whatever reason those movies i'm just not as crazy about and like i think i was in my head i keep thinking like maybe it's a problem with the movie or they could do xy but i think it's just it is that the function of that movie is not going to produce the type of thing i want in a movie as much I I typically um you know I'm typically on board with you as of late with that sort of with that particular stance and I would still stand by that for the most part. I think part of it is I just got caught up in the whole like um build up of it all and the fact that it will Well, and I want to be clear, I'm not saying it's bad or that they shouldn't exist. I'm yeah. really glad they do. Like I like I keep saying like this is a unique experience that there's literally no right. other place to get it and I hope they keep continuing to do it. Lots of people obviously love it. It's just, it doesn't necessarily grab me or, or I'm going into it with the wrong mindset. I'm not entirely sure Mm -hmm. what it is. And yeah, I, I know I just keep kind of rambling, but it's, it's one of those where it's like, I'm, I'm like frustrated because I hate the guy that hates the thing that's popular. And Mm -hmm. I don't hate this, but you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's like, I keep, trying to find the reason why i don't like it and maybe it's just because it's just not my cup of tea to me it's it's so far the big movie of the year like i guess we're in a new calendar year um i would say as far as experience of going to the movies it's my favorite movie so far this year i'm not necessarily saying it's like objectively the best one but sure but subjectively for you yeah which is the part that matters kind of like last jedi was was my last year because there yeah. was just so much surrounding it yeah i i enjoyed black panther significantly more than this oh and then see i didn't a quiet place i liked black panther don't get me wrong them. but um 
Yeah, you you like different type of movies. The more personal yeah. they are, the, you typically like them better, and that's that's, the that's thing. fine. Because I mean, again, I, I'm starting to because I have different reasons than you. I think like. Um, I think if this were, you know, Iron Man 1 came out, I would definitely just wouldn't wouldn't be able to wait for the big payoff of them all together. But I will say, like, after it happens, I'm more interested in the personal stories than the big payoff ones. Like, I don't need to see everything crossing over constantly because I've already seen that and they did it well. Um, so I do agree with you in that, but for slightly different reasons. So I mean, the thing that Marvel has surprised me with is every time I find myself getting um pre-annoyed that uh they're bringing x person into y person's movie just for the sake of crossing over yeah i've loved it like hulk in the thor movie yeah was amazing like as character studies for both of those characters it was amazing and also it was just fun right and spider-man being or uh, uh captain america or no Iron Man being in the Spider-Man movie was amazing and so yeah i'm actually like very down with them doing the crossovers that they're doing. It's just whenever they get really, really stuffed and this one felt, you know, not felt it was extremely stuffed. That doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it has to be a different type of movie. They're going to have to kill off some people in part two, mainly because they've already established these characters for a new generation sort of thing. And um, now that they've gotten the X-Men back in their corner and did they get fantastic four as well like um they now have new pieces they can put on the board and it's one of those things where it works it it works for what they did with this movie but if they're trying to build to some other big thing um like they can't possibly like double the cast size and pull this off right right so there has to be some honestly what i'd really love is for iron man to have his big or not iron man uh captain america to have his big like sacrificial moment yeah and then he dies and hopefully does not pass the reins on to bucky but we'll see yeah and then i would like it if we don't if if iron man or or this could be reversed with captain america but like if one of them doesn't die but like can't fight anymore right and just kind of exists in the world as a non-fighting but just member of the world and maybe we get a cameo maybe we don't in the future it doesn't really matter it's kind of like and the only reason i say i feel like iron man would be more likely is i feel like tony stark seems like he could live a life not fighting right you know as an old person that's supporting whatever organizations more than captain america like he feels like he's never going to stop until he dies right so, but uh, there's a part of me that like, it's like, I hope it doesn't feel like they're just offing the people whose contracts are up and people are allowed to exit the Marvel universe without having to be killed. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I would be fine with that. I, I am interested in what they're, what, what they're going to do next, because it's one of those things where much like the comic book world, like, um, it's hard to top like doing this sort of thing and they still got another second part that they still have for another year from now. But, um, after that, it's like, Oh, I'm like, I'm super excited about captain Marvel. So yeah. me, <laughs> Oh no, no, I'm not saying those I, I'm saying, but after part two of this, I'm saying like, like everything has been hinging on, this is going to build up to infinity war and it's kind of been this distant thing. And now it's here. And now it's like, now that you've done this and prove that you can do it. Um, are you going to go bigger? 
and flop are you gonna try to just then then just do personal movies until you come up with another big like you know what's the next step i mean obviously they're pushing forward yeah there's a part of me well not part of me i know i'm biased but like i do like the idea of them letting things settle a little bit right but i guess the idea is you do let things settle but you have your little in credit sequence and little easter eggs that keep pointing at the next big baddie yeah it looks like they're like they just like i just saw something today that they're that they're um that they have movies kind of thrown around and pitched till about 20 uh 2024 2025 so that's at least another uh and i would imagine this would be they're not stopping this anytime soon yeah right right so it it, like this feels like another setup of like a new phase one after infinity war part two like people can complain all they want about too many superhero movies but until they stop making good movies people are going to go see them it's not like right it's not like this is transformer 74 and it's like oh why are they still making these it's like Mm -hmm. they're making well-received different feeling movies continually and they keep evolving the whole thing and so people are going to keep going because things keep changing I also just think it's fine. It's a particular genre that um, has enough diversity within it that there's a lot of different directions they can constantly go depending on the superhero type. And uh, yeah, like I said, as long as they're doing good work, it's a new breakout genre. I mean, it'll die when people get tired of it. But um, people like like I saw an article. There was one person that gave this movie a negative review. And it seemed like a lot of the emphasis, uh, well, there was a couple, but not (laughs) honestly, not that many. Um, But one of the professional critics that I read the negative review was um, it seemed like a lot of it hinged on like, this is dangerous for the industry. Like, this is bad. And like, oh, I saw that. That was ridiculous. That was dumb. Yeah. And it was sort of like there's but but there's a lot of people that think that and i understand that from the perspective of disney owns everything but that's a different thing than these movies are doing really well in franchising because like you've said and we we've talked about in this episode is it's going to be hard to pull this off for anyone else yeah, they're not setting DC a precedent sure as heck ain't doing Everybody it anytime soon trying but like yeah i mean even if dc does well with their next few movies and and raises the bar like they're not doing this anytime soon no. and like people keep wanting to call star wars a universe that's in the same kind of thing and it's like it's just not like yeah that is a very different thing like james bond is not also a universe now right everything that has a sequel is not a universe this is a very unique weird thing like do we have any of the characters in this that have more than three movies right i don't i don't know that we do like this isn't a single thread this is like a whole bunch of individual stories that converge randomly and then pop back out. Yeah. And comic books are really the only genre you can really do this with. I feel like uh, anything else would be just imitating. Well, apparently TV or I mean, uh, apparently movies. Oh, no, no, no. But, but that's what I'm saying. This is like those that drawing from that well is the only type of material that I think lends itself to this sort of thing. I don't, it would be I can't difficult. see. I mean, you can imagine a, it would be silly it would feel like a comic book because the idea of a event like this is sort of comic booky and silly yeah in like anyway but you could imagine like star wars or uh lord of the rings if they were to have like shows and a bunch of stuff going they could have big events that all culminate 
Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. Like you could do something like because there's a bunch of different Star it, Trek yeah, it shows. Would be way and, harder. Yeah, but it would be hard to pull that same steam for a team up because, well, particularly with Star Wars, a lot of what they seem to be doing and the type of material that they're going to be doing is different eras. And so like you, it's hard to do a team up with that. I mean, the, the thing that that superheroes lend themselves to is they can all be concurrent and they all have like, what's their particular thing. And you can kind of do that with, you know, space opera to a degree, but yeah, it's like you said, it's a lot harder to do. Yeah. It's harder to pitch. Universal tried to do it with their monsters, but yeah, but and yeah. like, you know, if they, if they did it, you could imagine that kind of working there too, but it, it's, yeah, I think it's just ridiculously hard. Yeah. Very difficult. And you need the like budget of Disney backing to like really do it. Although I don't know how long Marvel was doing this before Disney bought them. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's definitely not dangerous. We are not at a point of an oversaturation of successful movie no. universes. No. <laughs> I no. there is We like have a single one. well done one. Yeah. Right. All right. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on or do we want to do a Rotten Tomato score? Or? I guess, I mean, we've done one. We've done one for all the other movies. Do you want to hold off on yours? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. I, I'm i not going to say it's not worth seeing. So that puts it at least at 60%, right? Because I would say it's fresh. I think that's low. 60%? I know you think that's low, but I think that's kind of where it sits for me. Ah. I, <laughs> you understand my critiques though, right? Like, Yeah, you just need to see it again. I am weighing the things that are not as good about this movie higher than the things that are... Or I'm weighing the things that are frustrating about this movie higher than the things that are good about this movie. Because for me personally, mm-hmm. those are the things that matter more. The lack of like okay. a theme or sort of a development or arc of characters is something that I just, for whatever reason, struggle with. Okay. Like, you know, I, I'm not going to say 60 though. I'll, I'll give it like 65. You don't have to, you, you can do whatever you want. I would give this a solid 80%. Yeah. If I'm being completely like, if like uh, my excitement is certainly higher than that, but um, objectively, like I would say about an, about an 80%. Um, I, could go, I would I could say uh, <laughs> as far as like the only, as far as like the overall like series of 20 movies that we have so far, um, it'd probably make it into the top five. It would be probably five if it made it into the top five, but it'll make it into the top five. Yeah, you told me to rank everything, and we definitely don't have time to go through it, but... No, that's fine. Is, we don't have to do that. Um, it is sitting at... It's at 11 for me. I would... Really? Yeah. I, could, I couldn't pick... I couldn't pick 11 movies to put before it. I would say I, I like Black Panther, Iron Man 1, Avengers 1, Guardians of the Galaxy this there's one other one i'm not thinking of but yeah oh i do like winter soldier a lot but i might put this above winter soldier or not i'm not sure winter soldier is almost at the bottom for me (laughs) (laughs) i know i know i'm weird i mean is it is winter soldier at least ahead of iron man 2 3 and the hulk i loved iron man 3 and i liked the hulk None of those are bad movies. Like, too, like I loved the, except I hate Mickey Rourke, so I couldn't get past that. I like all of the Marvel movies. Like even the worst one I could possibly think of is probably still a good movie. But the ones that you were like Thor: A Dark World, I think everybody agrees. Um, let me think. 
I would say I would say Hulk. Oh, really? Okay. I, that's my least I favorite. Liked Hulk. Yeah, Hulk is my least favorite than Thor: Dark World. I mean, I dislike it in the sense that it doesn't fit because it's got Edward Norton as Hulk, and so you tend to just not watch it. But ignoring that, I liked it as a movie. That, that's the thing is, I I like I, I I honestly often the problem is is like I forget that it's part of the universe, and I feel like if I have well, sure, that feeling, to a different actor. Yeah, but it's not even that. Like I honestly keep forgetting the movie exists. Oh, okay, well that's fair. And I feel like if I were ever to like even whenever I see his like uh, what's her face's dad and he's the general or whatever. I have literally so many times just forgotten that he's even a part of the Hulk universe. Like, like to me, he's nothing like he's just something that they started. Right. Because they treat that movie like it wasn't really part of it. But I mean, you felt that way even after the movie. Well, uh, the weird thing is, is that was the first time they tried to do tie-ins to building to something bigger. That was the first time Tony's one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the first time Tony Stark shows up at the end of the movie and talks to the general. If you remember in like the stinger scene again, because it's the it's only the second movie. So it's the first one that was possible to do a tie-in. Right. Exactly. Um, But yeah, I often forget that it exists. So it's definitely at the bottom. And yes, Thor, Thor, the Dark World is down there as well. And then probably Iron Man 2 and then Iron Man 3. Mm. That would be the bottom. Avengers Age of Ultron is is pretty far down there for me mm, i don't know where that's at we don't have to go through it okay <laughs> we're yeah. starting to just Fair go enough. through the list so it's not yeah, um not so that. yeah so uh if you have any thoughts on um avengers uh the new movie um any speculation or if we uh if i got some sort of fact wrong or if you just want to cheer up charlie um just post <laughs> the a youtube video of cheer up charlie from willy wonka and he'll love that. Yeah. And tell us, tell us the reasons I'm wrong. I not so much why the reasons that I am frustrated aren't good reasons. Cause you know, that's like a personal thing, but like other things that you, you liked about it that maybe we missed. Cause I, I really want to like this movie more than I did. And I've already moved up a lot from where I left the theater. Yeah. And I also don't think your, um, I don't know how significantly it would change your mind, but you should try to see it a second time before we release our next next episode. And maybe we can do a debrief to see, like, did it did it move at all? Just like in our follow up. Uh, Also, like, I I just don't see like like what did you give? Like you originally said 60 percent. And I feel like that's the same score you gave justice league and i feel like these are on two different planes that's fair of existence (laughs) right i i definitely agree that is very inconsistent because this is definitely better than justice league on massive scale it is it is sort of the nolan effect though you're giving this a much harsher criticism than you would that i'm grading it on the curve of marvel movies i think you're absolutely right yeah it's it it definitely should be up in like the seventies, which I did say I'd give it a seventy. Yeah, I'm very inconsistent with my grading. I don't have a good scale. I need to maybe I need to write up all the percentages I gave and sort of yeah, sort of try to make this better. But yeah, so yeah, but you can find us on any of our you know uh, social media. We we're on all of them, A Town FM. And the website, atownfm.com. Uh, we also uh, have a Patreon, which is Patreon slash A-Town FM. Yep. Just go to the website and click on Patreon at the top. Oh, <laughs> that's <every> right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. I always forget. So, uh, so yeah, let us know. It's a big movie. So, yeah, there might be a couple other people who've seen it. And if you're new to our podcast from listening to this episode, uh, welcome. <laughs> You missed out on Turtle Week. Oh, 
Turtle Week is is becoming Turtle Life, Dan. Yeah, you you think you think you think Infinity War was a big week. You should have been here for Turtle it Week. It was <laughs> it was much bigger. Yeah. What's that meme? Uh they said Infinity War is the biggest crossover event in history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had snapping turtles, we had long neck turtles, we had Missouri turtles, we had all kinds soft of turtles, bottleneck turtles. Uh, our soft shelled uh cantors. Yeah, we're talking ninja turtles. I mean we had it all. Yeah, we really did. We really did. 